Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ada Schwartz here, host of the brand new podcast, Popcorn Book Club, where four of my smartest, funniest friends and I are talking books that have gotten the Hollywood treatment. Listen to Popcorn Book Club on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American. Stop dragging my heart around is what Ken Bruce says. But uh, coming up later, we've scheduled Ed Hasty, the attorney from Columbus, on the issue of uh, the judge not granting a TRO, keeping the bars open after uh, 11 o'clock. Well, it's it's something that's going to percolate throughout the day. Plus, later on is Christopher Smitherman, a good friend of Sheriff Richard K. Jones, to talk about the streetcar. Dracula is back, cannot be killed. The streetcar may start running by the end of August once again. It's an incredible story. But until then, a man who lit up CNN and uh, a woman named Keeler. That would be, of course, Sheriff Richard K. Jones, the masked police. And Sheriff Jones, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Sheriff, how are things in Butler County this afternoon? Hey, as we speak, (laughs) we're doing fine. As we speak. Uh, I mean, who knows what's going to happen at 1 o'clock. But right now, I'm watching you and CNN reporter go at it. And one of the most beautiful things that you understand, normally when CNN calls, people want to listen and they get intimidated and they're afraid to talk and they sit there like a mushroom living in the dark fed crap. And as a consequence, nothing happens. I love watching you on with Brianna Keeler on CNN because what happened in this cut is that uh, you kind of talked back to her a little bit. And that didn't go well. So explain the process of you saying to CNN uh, here in Butler County, we're, we're not the mask police. Hey, basically, they get you on there. They try to intimidate you. It's live. You're, you know, millions of people. And I know they're the enemy channel when I go on. But listen, you can talk back to them. And I disagreed with her. And she was trying to throw quotes out. And I basically told her. I said, listen, just because you say it's so, you're the media. I said, uh, I don't believe or trust anything you say. And she went dead silent. She didn't know what to say. And I, And when you're talking to them, uh, you can't see them because right. they're on a five-second delay. I almost – and it just went quiet. I thought we were disconnected. I was going to tap on the microphone. I wished I would have. Hello, said, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, hey, but I, oh, you're beautiful. You know what to say? Totally confused at that point. And, but I've been on uh, several times on CNN, yeah. and I go on, and even though it, it, they don't treat me well, right. I treat them back the same way. And I can always tell – when I'm on Fox News, I get all kinds of great people sending me letters and calling in. How great. When I'm on CNN, you know good piece of you know what. Piece of floating debris. <laughs> they want me to die. They hope right. I catch the COVID and right. die, and my whole family right. does. That's the difference. When I was on the John Stewart show, Ooh. I called you and said, should I go on? I said, no. I said, don't do it, Sheriff. John Stewart, yeah. that, 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 that's not go. one of us. Don't go there. Yeah. I- so I went. And I could tell once I was there that uh, I got calls at 3 in the morning and text. And it, and I could tell it was on in California, and they weren't pleasant conversations. But, I, hey, you get on there, you hold your own. Right. Uh, and you don't have to take anything from them. I told, I told the CNN lady, the anchor lady, I said, look, 
just because you say it so, I don't trust you. I don't even know you. You're the media. And she didn't know what to say. She was just totally dumbfounded. Well, no, Sheriff, uh, Gallup did a poll last week, which I kept. 74% of the, this is a poll that I believe, 74% of the American people believe you cannot trust what the media tells you. And so if three, and those three fourths of us say we don't trust what we're hearing anyway. So they think, and I spent four years in New York City, they think they're at the center of everything important in the world, especially the cable news network believes, my God, when we speak, a little old sheriff in Butler County, had better listen because I'm Brianna Keeler. I'm Wolf Blitzer. I'm Anderson Cooper. Uh, and these guys know how great I am and how lowly they are. And they make fun of you because you got a cowboy hat on, you got a mustache, they caricature you in such a way that you're a country bumpkin. And when you come back at them mentally, it kind of sets them off a little bit. Maybe, maybe the sheriff in Butler County knows what he's talking about. And the big question is this, the mask police, that lit them up for a long time. They still make funny a little bit. I'm sure you don't watch it all. They still make funny a little bit. But, but have you, uh, what do you see your role when you see somebody not wearing a mask? Or, or you see some bar uh, with a, maybe a Budweiser on the table, eleven fifteen. Do you send out your men and women in black and gold to go out no. there and arrest anybody? No, I, I do not. That's not my my job. It's all I can do to afford to have deputy sheriffs out fighting crime. And uh, here's what I tell people: if you if they want to make people go out and write citations and arrest people for not wearing their mask, they can go ahead and they can either have a uh, the, the health department, give them a little yellow light, or that uh, the EMA people, they can give them a little yellow light, and they can let them go out and cite people, make them come to court, and then when they get their asses whipped, they'll be calling the police. Then I will respond. Then you respond. Listen. Then you go back. Then I then then you I'll go back. Yeah, There's that. been a crime committed at that point, and, but I'm not going to go make people wear their mask. Hell, I wear my <laughs> mask because I like people not knowing who I am. Right. Plus, People say I look better in a mask. So no question. The, the more your face, hey, a lot, a lot of women yeah. complain when I wear a mask. I was at the Incline Restaurant in Price Hill last night. A lot of the young, attractive women wanted me to take my mask down. I told them I can't yeah. do that. Now, in your case, they want you to cover it up. Yes, and and if it works for you, either way is good, Bill. It doesn't matter <laughs> if having the mask on is good. If having the mask off is good. Uh, but I feel sorry for your wife having to look at you every day without a mask on. Uh, but somebody told me that you were trying to shave with your mask on. You had a funny shaving uh, technique, but you were trying. Uh, but listen, uh, people are tired. They want to go to work. Yes, uh, yes. Hey, my, my poor old barber went out of business. He's no longer uh, able to cut hair because uh, uh, his chair is not being rented to him anymore, and they rent chairs. So, I mean, and I know hairstylist people, barbers, uh, dog groomers, bar owners, restaurant owners, they're not going to open back up. That's here. That And – they're killing them when they put the numbers of people you're allowed to have in the, the establishment. And, not, and these people have done everything they can, and they're killing them. It's wow. killing business. people are so scared right now. Frightened. And they they see all these riots on TV, and they see yeah. all these big cities and murders and killings. But listen, I've seen this before in the 60s. Right. When I was a kid, I remember watching it on TV, and they were burning the cities down. And they said, yeah, but people weren't taking a knee. I said, no, they were holding their fist up and when they were playing the national anthem at the Olympics. And the, and the world didn't end. But these new generation people in America, the new young generation, they think they're, they're doing something that's never been done before. This has all been done before. 
And, and it's not the end of the world, but with all the technology and you can see everything We're gonna 24 be. hours a day, it, 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 this too shall pass. You, you know, Please. Sheriff, I, I mentioned this to uh, Greg Christopher, the athletic director of Xavier, earlier this morning. I had a call with him about 1968 and 1969. I was a student at Xavier University. And when I had my expert on about two weeks ago about pandemics, he made a rather salient point. I'll use the word salient. You probably don't understand what that means. You're from, no, I'm, but, I'm but, looking it up right but, now. A salient, salient point. <laughs> and, and that is this, that in human history, pandemics and viral infections and bacterial infections are a naturally occurring phenomenon. It happens all the time. He went over a list in America uh, just uh, – in the last uh, several decades, we've had the 1956-57 Asian flu. Eisenhower was in, the, was in the White House. Nobody shut down. More than 100,000 dead in America, about a million worldwide. That 100,000 today would translate to 350,000 dead Americans. Uh, but businesses open, schools open. Ten years later, 1968-1969 was the, was the Hong Kong flu. And in the middle of the Hong Kong flu, you had a little thing called Woodstock. And there was some reporting on it, but they said, you know, it's okay. You can be just be a little more careful. In 2009, it was the swine flu, and, and there was about 40,000 Americans die of that. These things are regularly occurring events. And in the past, the World Health Organization said the worst thing to do during a pandemic is send people home, keeping them together. The best thing to do is get them out. And so for the first time in human history, Instead of doing what we've always done when pandemics happen, which is a regularly occurring human event, unfortunately, we shut down everything, which took away the ability of Americans to earn a livelihood. Plus, we sent people home to be together, to congregate together in multi-generational households. The best thing to do is go out and live your life. Wear a mask if you want to. Wash your hands. That's a good idea. Stay away from crowds. Don't spit in each other's face. Don't yell, scream, holler, and shout like you're at a demonstration or at a protest or a riot. But the World Health Organization changed about seven or eight months ago and said the best thing to do now is to shut down. Let everybody in Butler County go home and therefore let's crash the economy, keep everybody together. And then when we do let the restrictions ease, people want to go out and go crazy. We've done exactly the opposite of what's happened in the past and we get this result. Hey, listen, they've, the, the, the media and the politicians, they've all got together. It's the, it's the craziest thing. Crazy. They've got everybody all ginned up. In the beginning when this hit, they convinced everybody we're all going to die. You've got to have a mask or you're going to die. China's not making the mask. They cut the mask off. You're not getting any mask. And everybody's scrambling, the police, the fire, the hospitals. None of it materialized. None of it. So what they do is they close the bars down. And then they make you wear a mask. Then don't wear a mask. Then wear a mask. Then you have to have hand sanitizer. Well, there is no hand sanitizer. So. Places that sell whiskey and alcohol and, and, and floor cleaner are making hand sanitizer. Then they're jacking the price up. Then there's nobody working, no school, kids are at home. And it's, it, they just about destroy the psyche of people. They're scared, uh, and, and they, they want to go to work, but then sure. they incentivize you not to go to work. You make more money not working. And I know a couple people that own restaurants. Uh, chain restaurants, and they can't get their waitresses no. to come back to work or their waiters because they make more money staying at home on unemployment. Stupid. Uh, unemployment has its place until you can find a job. But now they won't come back to work, a lot of them, because they make more money staying home. And I know they're going to extend it, which is a great I'm sure they will. thing. But until the election's over, they're going to print all the money in the world they can, 
all the uh, stimulus that you can get, uh, and that people are just still receiving money. Now, let me ask you this, Sheriff. got to have work. I'm reading this story on Fox News. Cities and counties go to extreme measures of the quarantine quarantine crackdowns. These are in blue states, blue cities. They're going to have checkpoints, power shutoffs, steep fines, and cutting off the water. And so the mayors in Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles, if there's a congregation of people at home because the bars are shut down, what they're going to do now is turn off your water and turn off your electricity. And they're going to have quarantine crackdowns and checkpoints. And they're going to have to drive through checkpoints to see if you're wearing a mask, where you're going, how long you're going to what be that there. Sound, what that, that, sound that like sounds like communism in a police state. It sounds like communism. They're going to hey, and and these people put up with it. But listen, I lived through a time where my parents got their utilities cut off and their water cut off. And um, you, you want to make people mad? They're going to get the pitchforks out. And all these elected people, even in these these crazy cities where they elect, it's their fault. They elect these people, like, right? De Blasio and 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 their governors and Cuomo uh, and they elect them. That's their fault. And then then they wonder why they don't have police, why the police won't respond. Uh, oh, it's terrible. But you know what? You and I live in a. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Place where we're pretty fortunate. I'm staying here. And where, where they still like the police. They still like the firemen. At this point. Um, and, yeah, at this point. Get the kids in the school, get the schools open, get the businesses open, wear a mask if you want. Hey, clean your hands. You should clean sure. your hands anyway. Should do it. It helps, Absolutely. It helps with the flu. Absolutely. Anytime during the flu season, wash your hands. Uh, and, and, but we got to get back moving and we got to get our military built back up. We're going to Mars. We're doing all these wonderful things, but you can't keep, this is all about the presidential election. That's all it is. It's to try to beat down who the current president is. But once they let the genie out of the bottle, they won't be able to put this back, no matter who the president is. Well, uh, uh, they won't uh, be able to put it back in the bottle. Sheriff Jones, how about this? Uh, August the 5th, story out of Los Angeles Times. I read it, but I'm sure you probably don't read the L.A. Times. A news release issued by the uh, county sheriff outlined the county's actions, including shutting down and boarding up 26 restaurants a grocery store in a pool, and 67 other businesses for health order violations. It says here, beginning now, fines will be issued to businesses that are noncompliant. It can range from $100 for the first offense up to $6,000. That include the ability of the county to take away licenses permitted by law and to board up businesses that don't, uh, don't respond appropriately. If you get an order from the Butler County Health Director to go out in Butler County, 
and to board up businesses in violation of a mask requirement, what would you do? I'm not going to do it. They'll have to take me to court, and I'll have a lawyer, and I'll fight them. I'm not going to – hey, that's not what I was elected to do. I'm elected to fight crime, keep order in my community, and this has destroyed our community and it's destroyed the psyche of everybody. People can't get out. They're afraid to get out. You go to restaurants, you go to the gym, you can't get in. They take your temperature. Hell, I went to Old Navy the other day, and I went right up. I thought they were going to take my temperature, but they were just counting people coming, and I'm so used to it. But, hey, we got to get back to work. we got to get the economy going. These big cities and these states where they let their elected people do this, wait till they don't have the police. Wait till they have to call somebody, a social worker, to come out and respond. And once these people in their community figure out they don't yeah. have the police, yeah. but you live there, you vote for these people. Yeah. Live with it. You get, hey, that's what you've got. Live with it. Who would go, who would go on vacation? Who would want to go to New York, California, oh. Baltimore? Oh. Uh, Portland. It, it doesn't matter <laughs> if, if, if you like crab cakes or not. Baltimore is not a good place to go no. right now. Well, uh, we, but uh, no. Well, we got to run, Sheriff, but I love you on CNN. You got to put out on Facebook or Twitter when you make these appearances. I saw a clip of it, but when you, you went after, uh, you went after a killer, Brown, a killer, it was beautiful. But uh, Sheriff, once again, thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham show. And I'm glad I live in Southwest Ohio, not in Portland. Hey, don't let these people get you ginned oh, up, don't, man. Don't worry people about that. America no. got to fight. We got to fight like a warrior poet. All right, Sheriff. Hey, I'm with you. You're a great American, and God bless you, and God bless Butler County. Thank you. Yes, sir. God bless you. Let's continue with more. If a line ever becomes available, 513-749-7000. New York City is taking a more direct approach. They have checkpoints, and they're going to stop all travelers from one of 35 jurisdictions in New York's mandatory quarantine list. You have to fill out a traveler form just to go into New York City. And then if you're from one of the prohibited areas, you'll be denied admission. Your reaction, 513-749-7000. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW. All right, uh, out of our newsroom, my fellow Americans, listen up. Governor Mike DeWine has tested positive for COVID-19. Out of Columbus, uh, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine took a test for COVID-19 as part of the protocol to greet President Donald Trump on the tarmac in Cleveland. Governor Mike DeWine tested positive for COVID-19. Governor DeWine has no symptoms at the present time. Governor DeWine is returning to Columbus now, where he and First Lady Fran DeWine, who also has no symptoms, will both be tested again. Governor DeWine plans to follow protocol for COVID-19 and quarantine at his home in Cedarville for the next 14 days. Lieutenant Governor John Yusuf also took the COVID-19 test today as part of the protocol. To greet the president, John Eustad tested negative. So uh, when you meet the president anymore, there's a lot of testing you got to go through, a lot of swabbing. And Governor Mike DeWine has tested positive for COVID-19. Of course, this is a press release that uh, we don't know the symptoms. Uh, according to this press release, he has none. However, we don't know how long he's had it, but testing positive for COVID-19 is, is in that four- to 14-day cycle in which uh, you uh, – Develop symptoms the minority part of the time. But I think Mike is about 73 years old. And he has no underlying health conditions, to my knowledge. And as a consequence, we wish the governor well. 
We would anticipate that tomorrow's news conference is likely not to occur unless John Eusted would conduct it. But this is a uh, one of those incidences where Ohio Governor Mike DeWine took a test as part of the COVID-19 protocol to greet the president this afternoon in Cleveland. And Governor DeWine has tested positive, has no symptoms at the present time. Of course, if he recently contracted the virus in the last one, two, three days, normally symptoms do not arise uh, after the fourth day up to the seventh day. And the symptoms can last anywhere from seven to 14 days after that. So we're in that cycle. We do not know. And um, we wish the governor of Ohio nothing but the best. Let's continue. And uh, the majority of times, someone who contracts COVID-19 generally do not have any symptoms. Now, long-term consequences are basically unknown because uh, we don't know down the road, much like getting the measles, and later on in life you may be more susceptible to the shingles. So we don't know how long that process is, but I'm sure this is a shock to the governor who says he has no symptoms. By that I mean he's feeling well. But uh, he's going to go back to Cedarville for the next 14 days. He will quarantine. And uh, as long as John Eusted is negative, the lieutenant governor, I would anticipate that he would do these newsers on Tuesday and Thursday. There was none scheduled today because the governor was scheduled to meet the president at the, on the tarmac in Cleveland. And uh, anyone who meets the president goes through a protocol that now involves COVID-19. And I would anticipate this was a shock to Mike DeWine that he has COVID-19. More at the top and bottom of the hour. Let's continue with your calls. Let's go to uh, Sandy first, then Bill. We have uh, two lines available, 513-749-7000, pound 700, the new AT&T. We'll see how this develops, and we'll put the governor in our prayers to hopefully uh, this cup will pass his lips and he'll have no symptoms, and he appears to be in good health. No underlying conditions of which we're aware, and he's 73 years old. Let's continue now with Sandy, Bill, and many others, 513-749-7000. Coming up at 105 today, we scheduled Vice Mayor Christopher Smitherman, who has spoken and been in the presence of the governor uh, many times. So we'll talk to him about that, but also about the streetcar, which is now, according to uh, some on council, the majority of council, is uh, going to roll again at the end of this month. Let's go to Sandy and then uh, Bill, then many others. 513-749-7000. Let's go. Sandy on a cell phone. Sandy, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Sandy, how are you? Great day to be an American. How about you? Uh, yeah, go what ahead. Are your, what, what, what are your thoughts on the reasoning for the national coin shortage? You know, I've asked people from the Federal Reserve, et cetera, about that, and it has to do with more and more Americans are not taking coins as change because of the susceptibility of transfer of the virus. And so as a consequence, there's less coins being made and fewer coins are being in circulation. I know from my perspective, I seldom have ever take coins because I have the same thought that uh, where have those fingers been giving me the coins? And so I think many people are not taking coins, and therefore there's a shortage because uh, there's not more orders being made, and they're, they're, they're sitting there, and they're not being circulated. Well, I don't disagree with that, but um, I guess where my question came in was I was at Kroger um, the other day at Herbers Point, and uh, 
but they checked out the lady in front of me, and then it was my turn to check out. And in, in between the two of us, one of the managers came over to the cash register I was at. I thought they were going to change cashiers, but apparently they were just taking money out of the drawer. But they proceeded to take all the coins out of this cashier's drawer. Hmm. So then I went ahead and checked out, and I had a $50 bill. My bill was like $32.26. Gave the cashier my $50 bill, and she looked at me and she said, well, do you want to round up? And I said, no, I want my change because I saved my change yep. for vacation. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, it's a good idea. And, and she looked at me and she goes, well, I, I can't give you change. You either have to round up or you have to put it on your credit card. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. You just had a drawer full of change. Why did the manager take your change out of your drawer? And she said, well, I don't know. Hmm. So I dug through my purse. I got the 26 cents change, gave it to her. She gave me my cash. I went over to the service desk. Manager was standing there, and I asked him, I said, why are you taking the change out of the cashier's drawers? If somebody wants their change, they should be entitled to it. And he looked at me and said, ma'am, well, there's a national coin shortage. Hmm. I said, but you just took all the change out of the drawer. <laughs> In other words, the, the coin shortage is being caused by those who claims it's a coin shortage. I know the official explanation is coins are not circulating as much because people aren't taking it. And as a consequence, the stores aren't ordering more coins because they got plenty of coins. Then they send back the coins to the Federal Reserve because they're heavy and they get then they get credits. And as a consequence, we have a self-imposed coin shortage. That doesn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any sense to me that they took the, the change out of her drawer. And then can't give you the change back. And can't give me the change back. And then they complain about the lack of coins in circulation when they won't give <laughs> yeah. customers the coins. Exactly. And last month, I just cashed in over $300 in coins at the bank to take with me on vacation. But I, I saved my coins all year. Right. And then just cash them in, you know, to have an extra whatever on vacation. But it's like, this is ridiculous. Well, it's a self-imposed shortage, which I do not fully understand. That's the official explanation. That's all I can deal with now. Let's continue. Governor Mike DeWine has tested positive for COVID-19. In preparation, meet the president. There's a test done. And I, I spoke to Mike yesterday. And I didn't ask him, of course. But he was chipper, he was upbeat, happy to meet Trump, telling me why he can't come on today at 2, and now this bombshell. Because uh, when you meet the president, I've met this one uh, three times, there's a protocol you have to go through. And the next time I'll meet him, I'm sure I'll be tested for COVID-19. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. 
agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Which I've not been tested because I have no symptoms. But nonetheless, Governor Mike DeWine is uh, not going to meet the president, and he's going to go back to his home in Cedarville, Greene County, and will follow protocol the next 14 days. Fran DeWine has no symptoms, has not yet been tested as of 1246 p.m. this afternoon. I imagine Fran will be tested this afternoon. And Lieutenant Governor John Houston also took the COVID-19 test today as part of the protocol to greet the president. And uh, Eustead tested negative. So we anticipate there'll be a uh, news conference uh, tomorrow at 2 o'clock, hosted by John Eustead, because the governor is uh, on his way back from Cleveland to Cedarville. That's the news, and there's not much I can add to at this point. But uh, I spoke to the governor yesterday, and he appeared to be in great spirits. And uh, according to this news release out of Columbus, uh, the governor has no symptoms. Let's continue now with Laura and then Bill and thousands of others. Laura, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Laura, how are you? Yes, yes, please go ahead. Go ahead. Fabulous and amazing. Thank you for having me. And um, my best to Governor DeWine. I'm originally from Xenia, Green County, and I remember him as uh, when he was first a prosecutor. So, yes, best to him. Hey, um, wanted to talk about this uh, Corona tax relief or COVID tax relief uh, uh, bill that they're trying to come up with. Yes, ma'am. And they have given it to me. I can settle this in, in 10 minutes. I'll read the thing. I'll cut up any of the pork. <laughs> Anything that isn't directly related to giving the, to uh, unemployment, yeah. I, I, can, I can take care of it, cut it out. Nobody, nobody on this country elected any of those officials to go to to Washington and spend our hard-earned money like drunken sailors, and that is exactly what all the sides are doing. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. It was supposed to be a COVID relief bill. It was supposed to be that, that only. Whenever they pass a bill, they fill it up with all this stuff. Oh, what's $3 trillion? $3 trillion. But the American public is our is our open piggy bank. They have a bottomless pit. So you know what? We're going to have them raise their minimum wage so we can go in and suck out more taxes from them. And I am so mad over it, I could spit nails. Well, I'll tell you what, Laura. I watched Nancy Pelosi this morning on Swat Box CNBC. And what she wants to do is take all the debt from the blue states and the blue cities that they've overspent for the past 30 to 40 years. Roll that into... COVID-19 relief bill, which is a number of about $3 trillion, and then pass it as if that's going to solve COVID relief difficulties of the unemployed. The unemployed uh, is about a seven to $800 million out of, out, of the, out of the bill. So the Republicans say, well, let's make it $1 trillion. We're going to keep the benefits going, and then we're going to scale it back to encourage people to get back to work. But the Democrats want to, and the Republicans want to throw into the mix a brand new FBI building, which is about $800 million on top of that. And then the Democrats want to throw in all the pension liabilities of California, New York, and Chicago. Put that in there, too. And I don't, because we eventually, Laura, in the good old days, we used to pay down the deficit. Now there's no way. It's $27 trillion 
is what it is right now. And by the time the next year or two goes by, we're going to owe $30 trillion. And in the year 2001, when Bush took office, Bush 43, the accumulated national debt was $4.5 trillion. And when Trump is reelected, I hope, in November, the number is going to be $27 trillion. We go from 4.5 to $27 trillion in 20 years. That is, shall I say, unsustainable. That is, that is not how you can run a home. And I have been a single parent for 17 years. And before that, with my husband on unemployment for six years and me working four jobs, I still work two jobs to try to make ends meet. I am so tired of them taking my money and doing this with it. It's it's absolutely insane. And you can't run a household like that. Why would I expect you could run a country like that? Well, (laughs) because they're hoping that Trump loses. And then when Biden wins, they'll stick something in front of him. He will sign, which means we're going to go into debt trillions of more dollars to bail out all the states that don't know how to spend money properly. And then we're going to give to our kids and grandkids a much different country than was given to us. And it's disgusting. But thank you. All right, let's continue with more. The line becomes available. Thank you for your take. Seldom does anyone talk about the deficit which is every year it's been as low as zero. Now it's up to over a trillion dollars. The accumulated debt of this country is now $27 trillion. And at some point in the future, it may be a year, five years, or 10 years, that $27 trillion on its way to $30 trillion is going to come due. And then we're going to have a major monetary crisis in this country. And I can hear now people saying, screaming, and hollering, I never saw that one coming. Imagine that you have a debt in your family of something like $30 trillion. You keep paying interest on the credit card and never touch the principal. And at some point, the bank's going to say to you, you know what, Laura? We're not going to loan you the money anymore. You're going to have to pay back the debt. And that is impossible. And it's going to happen. There are only two ways to do it. Print a lot more dollars so that each dollar is worth less money so we're paying off the debt with value less. Or we have to live within our means, which is almost impossible because nobody's going to vote for like a 50% reduction in Social Security, Medicaid, Medicaid, take all the pension state systems, get rid of them, make it all 401k based. The country wouldn't do that. So the only way out of it then is to print a lot more dollars, put many more trillions of dollars in circulation, which means each dollar you have in your pocket is worth less money. And that's going to cause hyperinflation, Germany style of the 1930s. We know how that ended. This is a crisis, but that's the first call, Laura. That's the first call I've received in so many years from a citizen taxpayer saying, wait a minute, we can't afford the way we're living, and we got to stop immediately doing this because Nancy Pelosi wants to spend 3 to $4 trillion more, and the Republicans want to spend a trillion dollars more, a trillion here and a trillion there. And when the debt crisis and the bubble burst, And these other entities around the world quit uh, loaning us money. Then we're going to have a real crisis, in which case everyone's got to take a haircut or pay a lot more in taxes or devalue the currency by printing trillions of dollars more. Each dollar's worth less. Prices go up because more dollars chasing goods and services. Then we're going to have a real monetary crisis, which is sad. Let's continue with more. If a line becomes available, 513-749-7000, pound 700, the new AT&T. After 1 o'clock today, I'm going to call the vice mayor of our good city, which is Christopher Smitherman, 
to talk about uh, the positive results of Mike DeWine for COVID-19 testing this morning. And then also uh, we're going to talk about the streetcar, which according to P.G. Sittenfeld is going to start rolling down the tracks at the end of August with, uh, with by the way, no customers, but it costs nothing to get on it. So you can ride it for nothing, but it's going nowhere. Sounds like a Democratic boondoggle to me. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW. You know, I would say a rather shocking development. Governor of Ohio, 74 years old, following all the protocols, I would assume, wearing a mask all the time, which I believe, and washing his hands frequently and staying out of congregant settings. I'm not sure he's done that, because I know he's been in settings where there's lots of people. But, you know, you do what you can do. Has COVID-19. Governor Mike DeWine tests positive for COVID-19. Joining me now is uh, Vice Mayor of the City of Cincinnati, Christopher Smitherman. And Christopher, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And have you met, I know you are close to the governor in the sense of uh, being part of some of his news conferences. Have you actually been with the governor the last few days? No, no. And the governor, first let me say that, like you, I'm praying for the governor um, and his lovely wife, Fran, and grandkids. And clearly he's indicating on Twitter that he's asymptomatic, which is, you know, that fear that we have with a lot of our citizens who might have COVID-19 and not know it. Um, but we're praying for him. He's in that risk factor. His wife's in that risk factor. And um, I, I'm sure that the people around him are also being mm. tested, right? The tracing is right within the governor's office now, the yeah. contact tracing to make sure that um, no one else is impacted by COVID-19. So, hey, Have you been tested as the vice mayor and the mayor? Have you and Cranley and others, David Mann, been tested? I've been tested as the vice mayor. Uh, the mayor has been tested. Um, as a matter of fact, after this call, I have a, a conference call with the mayor, um, uh, really talking to uh, a lot, I'm going to say all, but a lot, many of our African-American fraternity and sororities. Uh, we did it in person uh, a month ago. We're going to do this one by conference call. So we're trying to be um, you know, very diligent on doing the social distancing, wearing masks, and washing our hands, and all of the stuff that you are doing, Willie. To no, make sure I'm, we're I'm doing it, but and that doesn't mean like you know, testing to me, unless you have symptoms. Uh, why have testing? And this is an example why to have testing is the governor, I guess, knows everything, knows everybody, and the only reason he was tested, he's meeting Trump this afternoon, and he was tested a few hours ago in preparation for that. He tested positive, and he was shocked. And he has no symptoms. But if you follow all the protocols and still get COVID-19, or on the other hand, uh, if you don't follow the protocols, someone who doesn't have any health problems, why should you be tested? Well, it's because you might be asymptomatic carrier. But on the other hand, the governor could be tested today and pick it up tomorrow or the next day or the next day. You, Christopher, when you were tested, how do you know the next day you picked it up and didn't know it? And you, you had a false sense of security. I don't. You're right. But that's why the mask wearing, as the governor has been articulating, is critical because the governor has been wearing a mask protecting himself 
from other people protecting, you know, he's saying, I don't want to infect you. And so in this case, by the governor being, you know, responsible and diligent about wearing the mask, not knowing he was asymptomatic, there are lots of people that he probably had contact with that did not um, get COVID-19 because he was being disciplined with the mask. I think that's another part of this story. There are a lot of people that are asymptomatic. It's important to wear your mask in order for you to protect others. And I have a lot of libertarian views, right? So, you know, what you do in your house is not my business and vice versa, but that's that part of wearing the mask. By wearing the mask as a libertarian, I'm having libertarian views. I'm not giving you something. I'm not impacting you and Penny or your son or your grandkids. Um, I'm being very diligent about it. So this is another wake-up call, I think, for all of the people in the state of Ohio. Before we talk about the streetcar, DeWine's not the first governor to test positive. Uh, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt announced he had the disease a few weeks ago, and DeWine State Prisons Director Annette Chambers-Smith announced she had COVID-19 Test positive, but with slights. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Symptoms about two weeks ago. And so wherever it is, it is. And uh, I, I pray. I, I don't have any knowledge of Mike DeWine having underlying conditions. And in fact, I spoke to him yesterday. And uh, Mike told me yesterday he's looking forward to meeting the president this afternoon. And uh, we talked about him in the news conference on Friday, talked about some collateral matters, and uh, he was very upbeat and positive. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens the next 14 days. He'll be quarantined. Uh, he's going to go to Cedarville, and he's going to be uh, guarded, protected, and symptom-free. One of the worst things would be for a husband to give it to a loved one, a, a daughter, a son, a wife, or for a wife to give it to her husband. That's an extra burden. So I would imagine Fran at this point – the First Lady of Ohio has been tested. The results have not known yet because she's going to be tested. But then they'd have to be separated for 14 days or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how DeWine's uh, over the next 14 days. It was a major news story. Looking to my left, uh, Fox and CNN both put it up quickly that Ohio Governor Mike DeWine is tested positive. And uh, many have said that, uh, of course, Trump himself, uh, if he's tested positive, would be another political crisis. But let's look at it this way also. How many positive tests are really negative? Because I know that several have tested, they tested positive. There's about a 20 to 30% uh, false positive, uh, 20, 30%. So he'll be tested several more times to see what he's got. And then the issue becomes, if the governor gets it following all the protocols, should we follow the protocols when you get it anyway, or not follow the protocols and say, to hell with it, I'm going to live my life? Because I'd assume he's not going to very many bars. Uh, yeah, Mike DeWine's not that kind of guy. Yeah, we just don't know the I condition, don't know. right? We don't know the, the circumstances of, of how he contracted COVID-19. And it's also, I think, uh, an, an emphasis how diligent the president's delegation is, meaning in order to have contact with the president, we now know that everybody must get tested for COVID-19. And that's a direction that the president's team has for anybody who's having contact which, with him, which makes sense. Yeah. In fact, the governor, I was going to be with him in about a week or 10 days. That's not going to happen. Now let's talk about the streetcar. 
because I'm reading. I thought the streetcar was like Dracula with a wooden stake in the heart, uh, <laughs> metaphorically. But now the streetcar is back. A- am I reading correctly that there's a possibility the streetcar that was mothballed in March is going to resurrect itself with no passengers and also no no fares? Explain how that works. Imagine with the governor of this great state of Ohio testing positive, asymptomatic, and you and I are discussing a streetcar street three car. and a half miles downtown. While, by the way, we have a 50% increase in shooting shootings in the city. We've got 57 uh, American citizens that have lost their lives across our 52 neighborhoods, with the supermajority of those being African-American men. And you and I this afternoon are discussing the streetcar. That tells you the priorities of my colleagues on council. But let's let's just go to a couple of facts here. It's not it's not difficult. Council in June decided that they were going to pay for the operation of the streetcar by raiding the bus fund, which is fund number seven fifty nine is our transit fund. And this was the core of issue seven that they told all Hamilton County voters they would never, ever, ever, and Cincinnati voters, they would never use bus money to right. operate the streetcar. Right. Period. Never would have passed. It never would have passed if we knew what was going to happen. They promised us the bus system is the bus system and the twain shall never meet. There'll be no bus money ever being used in order to operate the streetcar. And they said never, and so we took the next step where we divorced from SORTA, and the city took over the full operation of the streetcar in order to make sure that regional Hamilton County voters had a clear picture that we would never do this. As soon as the matter passed, within nine months, and prior to us transferring the the control of the bus system to SORTA, which we did yesterday with one of our votes, this council went in and stole, raided, whatever you want to say, the for the last shot, the transit fund, in order to move money over to operate the streetcar. The mayor vetoed in June. So over the month, over a month, the council decided, hey, we're going to now go into our tax increment financing account in over in the TIF in OTR in order to, to, to direct money to operate the streetcar. They passed that yesterday. But what was interesting is when they voted for the first thing uh, related to the operation of buses, they passed the budget reconciling the bus uh, account, reconciling the vote that we took and transferring all monies to SORTA effective October 1st. They then voted for the to say, no, we're not going to use bus money. We're going to use TIF money, which is supposed to be for housing. We're now going to use that for buses. And then they said, you know what? We might need to just go ahead and override the mayor's veto from June, and we want to take bus money and then direct it. The thing that we said we would never do, we're going to vote now a second time, and we're going to direct bus money to operate the streetcar. So when the mayor vetoed the TIF, it now has the bus money going directly to fund the operation of the streetcar. This is what this is why the public doesn't trust the the politicians because we go out to voters, we tell them this is what we're going to do and then within 9 months we do the exact opposite of what we say we're going to do. It is a tragedy that we would ever use. And by the way, let me tell you, which blew my mind, is council voted that said we're declaring uh, institutional racism, a health crisis. I don't want to get into that point, but 
But what I want to say is in the same meeting, three votes later, they vote to overturn the mayor's um, uh, veto to use bus money to operate the streetcar. 63% of the people, really, that, uh, that ride the bus are African-American. The supermajority of people that are using the streetcar are white Americans. The people that ride the bus are single moms trying to get to work, African-Americans predominantly trying to get to their daily jobs. The streetcar, three and a half miles, pet project. I'm saying in the same meeting, this council is lecturing us about racism, and they've been running council for 49 years, and they then take the vote to move bus money to operate the streetcar. Absolutely amazing. Is all this legal? Because it looks to me it's like a bait it's a bait and a switch deal. I would imagine lawsuits will be filed saying you can't do that. I, I think taxpayer lawsuits are going to absolutely be following because this council reconciled um, the SORTA budget by turning that over to SORTA with one vote. We've told the voters that this is something we would never do. Um, I would say that taxpayer lawsuits are probably going to be coming in order to block city council from raiding, the mayor says, stealing money from bus riders in order to operate the streetcar. And by the way, they're talking about making the streetcar free meaning the bus riders are paying a fare. The streetcar riders are paying nothing. That, this, this is what blows <laughs> me away. And Willie, and Willie they, they, for 49 years, right, city council has been run by Democrats, Democratic mayor, the majority of Democratic sure. council. So when we talk about institutional racism in the city of Cincinnati, it is at the hands of the Democratic Party. Every time I say that, it ruffles the feathers of Democrats, but it doesn't make it any less true. Well, you're, you're kind of saying, in theory, we're against institutional racism. But in practice, that's a different matter. Because when uh, yuppies are riding the streetcar, which few people are doing it, there are different folks than are riding the bus system, which are, tend to be African-American employees and others who can't get to work, can't afford a car. So they're taking the money from the bus system now to supplement the streetcar, which has been a debacle from the beginning, they say on one hand we're against racism, then they practice it on the other. That's right. And, and the person leading the charge on this, this is a fact, is Councilmember P.G. Sittenfeld. So Councilmember P.G. Sittenfeld will give these great lectures about institutional racism and how he's, you know, these non-binding resolutions right. that mean nothing, and then turn around and literally vote to take money from buses and operate the pet project called the streetcar. And by the way, let's just remind voters, $150 million, Ninety. this is for the streetcar, $94 million in debt over 25 years. We're paying $5 million a year in bond services, $4.2 million a year to operate the streetcar. And the last number that I saw of people riding the streetcar uh, post-COVID-19 were 100 per day. This They were telling us that 5,000 people will be riding the streetcar <laughs> per day when they told the voters. And oh. we're down to 100 people per day riding the streetcar. Amazing. So right now, every year, it's a $5 million about to service the debt. It's $4.5 million in operational expenses. No question. Th those were stopped sometime in March. But now, because there's 15 jobs at stake, city council members like P.G. Sittenfeld and Chris Seelbach and, sadly, Jeff Pastor and others are saying, well, well, let's protect jobs, those 15 jobs, by spending $4.5 million. Just give those folks $100,000 a year each, and it will save $3 million. It, 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 it's 
it's an amazing narrative that people would present that they're being fiscally responsible when they're blowing over $10 million, let's just round up, per year for the streetcar. Every 10 years, we're spending $100 million. And this council will discuss moving the streetcar up to, to the University of Cincinnati up Vine, uh, go. which Expand everybody it. knows is $200 million. And I hope voters now, as they listen to this conversation, don't think that I'm absurd when I say in the middle of COVID-19, an empty streetcar running downtown, whether it's a zombie streetcar or whether they use bus money to operate it, the streetcar is empty. Do you believe that people will be getting on the streetcar? No. We're in the middle of COVID-19. No. Do you believe no. that people no. will be getting on the streetcar when the Bengals aren't playing, when the Reds uh, aren't having fans down there, no. when we have shootings up 50%, no. we have 57 people murdered in our city, no. and this council is down there talking about operating a streetcar as a central priority, and they want to be our next mayor. This is a this is an absolutely outrageous moment down at City Hall. And by the way, in the last point, is that we had a member of council arrested by the FBI. This is serious. I've never seen more chaos down at City Hall. That we have a member of my, my colleague who was arrested for selling votes. And this was the former legislative aide of Council Member P.G. Sittenfield. So I'm sharing with you, I think there's more to come. I think we have a council that's under investigation by a special prosecutor. I, I predict there, and there should be already a special grand jury looking at this. It should have already happened, and they should be required to pay us back our $176,000 that they fleece the taxpayers knowing, openly knowing that they were breaking Ohio laws when they were holding those secret meetings. Chris, I'll say this. You make too much sense to be in public service. you got to get out. There's a possibility that you will that, that will be happening. I don't know if I'll end up on a on a golf course. I don't play golf, but I'll drive the golf cart for you and drink beer. Willie, you're a wonderful American. Thank you. Let's continue to pray for our, our good yes, friend Mike. Mike DeWine. All right, God bless you, Christopher, Thank and you, God brother. bless your family. Yes, Thank sir. you. Bye-bye. Let's continue. How about that? City council members perped walked out of Starbucks. Four members account. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No so P.G. Zittenfeld and, and his buddies under a state grand jury criminal investigation. Streetcar, nobody's going to get on a streetcar in a confined space during a pandemic, right? And they're saying, you know what? We got to spend more money on the streetcar, even though no one will get on it. Even though we just passed a levy promising the voters we're not going to use bus money to run the streetcar. After the election, they used bus money to run the streetcar. Let's continue. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW. Release the chicken. Hello. 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 Quiet. 
Internet numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Oh, you bonehead. Segman, according to Matt Steinman, oh, one of two things will happen oh, now. Boy. Now we got crisis now. Now we got crises. The Reds bullpen's a mess. mess. They can't hit. Can't hit. And, and the governor's got uh, tested he's positive. Got what in the world has happened next? Well, he's going to say, you know what? It's time to shut it down again. The governor's got it. You're going to pay. Or he might say, you know what? I got it. I have no symptoms. Right. Going to quarantine for 14 days in Cedarville, come out of it great, and say, you know what, this is no big deal. And the Which first way? lady, right? For I would imagine she's Fran. going to get tested. Well, she, as we speak, she's being tested. And the only reason this he he would not have been tested yesterday if he wasn't meeting the president today. That's what sparked him to do it. I talked to him yesterday about unrelated issues, just right. kibitzing. Right. And he's, he said, I'm looking forward to meeting the Donald tomorrow. I said, man, that's great. We're up in Cleveland. He said, I can't do the news conference. I said, great. See you at 2, two o'clock Friday. I said, okay. Good When's spirits. the president supposed to come be in Cleveland? 2 o'clock today. Ooh. He's going to a Whirlpool. we're not closer, you could, have been the, you, could have, you could have been the one to stand in for him. But I would have been tested. Well, that's true. And I have no symptoms. Would you be tested with no symptoms? No. Why? I don't think I would either. No. I mean, and the governor would not have been tested except meeting the president, right? and therefore he would not have known. He was asymptomatic, and he could have been a uh, agent, a super spreader. Now what happens? Now we got issues. Well, does John Husted take over the meetings, and then do they bring back uh, Amy Double A Double A M C O? Do they bring bring her back? Bring her back. Amy Who's Atkins? the health commissioner now of Ohio story. since she left? Hold on, here oh she God, is. I'm, like, I'm holding Ohio in my arms, <laughs> and I'm like single-handedly like, be gone, virus, stay out. Did, wasn't successful there, Amy. Now she's left the governor's office. She's not a consultant. She's back to where she began. And uh, Amy Acton could come back to go- dominate these hearings. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock, I would imagine the Mike Pence of Ohio. John used it. Is going to take over. I would assume so. Well, I would assume so, too. And I'll say a prayer, a silent prayer tonight for Mike, that he has the next 14 days go by quickly. Amen. And now, no question, I will call him. He said, when are you going to call me? I said, well, Mike, next week. So I will give it a few days, and I'll call Mike Cedarville and see if he can come on to give us an update on how he's feeling. Well, Leah, the Astute Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers, Tempstar. Quality you could feel in Cincinnati. Call Stacy Heating and Air Solutions at 513-367-HEAT. Look, look to your right, Segman, 141. There he is. He's in Cleveland right now, Willie. There he is. Not meeting the governor. COVID-19 positive. Well, Lee, I want to say uh, a very happy birthday to uh, the First Lady of Middletown, Millie Miller, 93 today. Millie Miller. My mother-in-law. Millie Miller. Uh, Reds up against the uh, Indians tonight, Willie. The Ohio Cup stays not, in Cleveland. Not going well. Luis Castillo up against Carlos Carrasco. And uh, airtime 5-10 with Lance. And the Arnell Carriers inside pitch. Kelsey Chevrolet extra inning show after, after the game. Now, who said they were going to win the World Series this year, Segman? I think you did on opening day. Please continue. The Reds have optioned uh, T.J. Antone and Josh Van Meter to the team's alternate site. I, I'd keep that which Antone. Which means they're, they're going to uh, Mason. 
What about well, Anton's not going to pitch for a week, so they had to reduce the roster from 30 to 28 today. So they're all right. But now Major League Baseball's getting tough, getting serious with the protocol measures with the outbreaks of the Marlins and the Cardinals. Uh, let's see. Everyone, let's see. Um, revised, revised of uh, no strip deal clubs here. No strip clubs. Uh, players and staff wear face face coverings at all times, including dugout and clubhouse, with the exception of players on the field. Staff and players strictly prohibited from meeting in hotel rooms while on the road. They may not gather in public areas of the hotel because they're being watched now by MLB security. On road trips, clubs have to provide a minimum of four buses. Eating and drinking permitted on the planes with players and staff are prohibited from talking to one another at the same time. Say that again. On the plane. On the plane, you can eat and drink, but you can't talk to each other. And you have to notify a compliance officer if they intend to leave the hotel on the road. You can't go to bars, lounges, malls, or places where large ga- large groups gather. What about strip clubs? These guys, are, well, that's one of them. These guys are going to go cuckoo. They're going to isolate in their rooms. They may not leave their hotel rooms under any circumstances. So they go from the ballpark. They're putting their foot down. Do they take showers? They had to take showers back in the hotel, right? Uh, I don't, well. You can't lather up together. I, that I don't know. I, I'm not in there. I'm not, I wouldn't be in that part of the clubhouse anyway, would maybe, you? Uh, maybe you should know these things. Uh, PGA Championship is underway in San Francisco. What about Tiger? Zach Johnson, Alex Noren, and Scotty Scheffler are four under. What about Tiger? Tony Finau and Jason Day are three under, what along about, with Dustin Johnson. What a, He's my man. What about Tiger? Tiger Woods is one under through seven. Not bad. Brooks Kepka looking for that three-peat. Two under through eight. Yeah. Xavier's uh, Jason Kokrak is even through seven. Jim Herman's about ready to tee off. I like him. Mike Otterson. Mike Otterson, Willie, is the Hickory Woods head pro out of Loveland. He's in the U- He's in the PGA Championship, five under through 12. What's that? Yeah. The head pro at, in Loveland at Hickory Woods. Is he leading then? That's no. In, that's he's, he's plus five. Oh, I thought he said minus five. No. Plus five. You don't listen to me. USA Today football coaches poll is out. Won't happen. Clemson. One. Ohio State, two. Won't happen. The Tide, three. Roll Tide. Uga, Georgia, four. Joe Burrows, LSU Tigers, five. Notre Dame is 10th. Luke Fickle's uh, Bearcats are 22nd. Will there be college football? Well, one of the best traditions in football, the Penn State, Willie, will have no fans in the stands this year. No fans at Penn State. What is a Nittany Lion? Explain now. A Nittany Lion, what's that? It roars a lot. So, Seg, the governor has COVID-19, which is yeah. the second governor. You might recall Oklahoma Governor Ken Stitt. So there's, okay, all right, he's got it, all right. You also had a uh, Department of uh, Corrections uh, cabinet member in Columbus have... If you don't co- think you have a problem in your community, you're probably wrong. No, I think Mike was wrong. I talked to him yesterday. He said he was feeling good. Of course, right now he said he's feeling good. No. Asymptomatic. Remember what Zeus said? The mortals must pay. Is there a chance the mortals must pay? No. That Mike will make us pay. He'll be all right. He's tough. He's tough. He's Cedarville tough. Green County tough. Yeah, yeah. And the president has no, well, he's talking, but he has no mask on. Well, he's talking by himself on a tarmac. Oh, good. Thank you, Anthony Wiener. Welcome to Ohio, Mr. President. 
Like you said. When's he coming here to be on your show? Well, I talked to somebody yesterday. You know, I have Uh-oh. on Hogan Gidley. Yes. Deputy Press Secretary. Yes, sir. I said, I want the big dog. I'm not talking about Tony Bender. I said, give me the big dog. I need a big dog. And? He said, we're going to work that out. I said, I want the big dog. Some are horrible people. Hor- <laughs> Thank you, Anthony Weiner. So I don't know what to tell you, Willie. Can't it's, make it's it up. It's a crisis here in the world. The governor will not be here tomorrow. All, all the o'clock. best to Mike DeWine. No question. He's probably listening to us right now. He's in good. Hearing me say it's a rigged system, but now I don't say it anymore because I won. That's right. Uh, if, <laughs> if he loses, it's rigged. I don't care. I, I'm the president. I don't, I don't care. This is the best. You can't make this up. No. Do we have crises? And how about the streetcar with no passengers? Ugh. Who's going to get inside a confined streetcar to ride it anywhere? Nobody. Co- it's nobody. just going to go around in circles empty. With nobody in it. It's, it's an embarrassment. Four and a half million dollars. They, they voted that to put the money in there yesterday, right? Right. And so, so nobody's going to r- ride nobody's it. Nobody's riding it, and we're paying for it, but nobody can get on it. And then the other thing, they promised on the bus levy, we're not going to use this money to pay off streetcar. Now they're using partially bus money to run the streetcar. And now you got four members of council under state grand jury criminal investigation, P.G. Sittenfeld, who's going to run for mayor and probably be elected. Then you got Tamaya Denard. Hauled off by the feds for selling her seat. Not just about transportation. What a what a town we live in. Why, why should anybody be surprised at all this? This is what goes on here. Would you live in Cincinnati? I don't. Would you? Probably not. I mean, I we I, I'm from Cincinnati, but I mean. And can I read you something from the Columbus Dispatch? Go ahead. This is the headline: Ohio COVID dash outbreaks linked to at least fifty bars and restaurants. Well, they got to shut them down and leave the other ones open, don't you think? That makes no sense at all right there. Oh, okay. Well, I... But now, you read the story, and this is it. The outbreak information provided by the state is based on anecdotal contact tracing data from local health departments. So, anecdotally, local health departments are told, I contracted it at a bar. There's no evidence of it other than a person anecdotally saying it happened. So, if there's a handful of bars in Cincinnati... Allegedly, yeah. which no one knows, it's anecdotal, no testing, no objectivity. But then we're going to make 10,000 bars shut down because somebody said they got it from a bar in Oakley. Therefore, Jeff Ruby's has got to shut down along with Carlo and Johnny's because anecdotally, we're told somebody got it. How do you know where you got it? Do you think Mike DeWine spends much time in a bar? I don't think so. No. no. And he got it. Right. So... He may have gotten it from the rehabilitation woman that had it about three weeks, but we don't know. The incubation period's four to 14 days. So now you're going to contact Trace, Governor Mike DeWine, to say, okay, who you been with? Don't touch my butt. What if he wants to touch your butt? What would you say about that? No way. No way. So you have to contact Trace the governor. Right. Now, do I, <laughs> I, don't think he, I don't think he's been he's been with who's in charge of Who's in charge of that department? I don't know. And he's followed all the protocols, I would assume, right? I would say so, well, yes. All you got to do is slip up one time. He's got the mask on every day. He takes it off. He probably puts it back on. I mean, what you know, I mean, well, he's I, in I the governor's know. office. I mean, I don't know. I don't either. If that guy gets it, that guy, Trumpster. Oh, oh, oh. then, then, then you know what's going to end. Oh, hell's going to break loose. More ways than one. My, I don't the, know what to tell you. The mortals must pay.
My child will do your work. Release the Kraken. Then all hell broke loose. All right, segment, thank you. Yes, sir. What's wrong with the Reds? Uh, well, last night, Willie, they get a, they allow an RBI. Well, Antone did a good job. No question. He did a good job last night. They can't but, hit. Uh, can't hit. You know, when you got a guy scoring from second base on a fielder's choice. Well, Van Meter should have gotten the ball to home a better throw. Well, that's I true. I didn't even have a shower today. Marty Brenneman said what? Hit this again for Marty just called in. Brenneman. I didn't even have a shower today. Wow. Well, well, he's in retirement. He can do whatever the hell he hey, wants. If he, if he, right. If he wants to do it, do it. Don't want to do it. You don't want to shower for a few days? Don't do it. Hey, it's the way it goes. Like Pete Rose He's used the to, famer. Pete Rose used to say, don't stink. Correct. Segman, get me out of the Stooge Report. Getting ready for a news conference tomorrow. Not at today at 2. The governor has COVID-19. And we a man wants to smell like a man. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Say, <laughs> you want to smell like a man or a woman? A man. Please continue. Willie, in honor of a uh, cloudy day here in the tri-state, but nice temperatures. And say a prayer for Mike. And say a prayer for our governor and also the Reds and the Indians tonight. They need more than one prayer. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. Brother, it is time for the mortals to pay. My child waits to do your will. Release the Kraken. There we go. Here he comes out of the bowels. Wait a minute, I thought they're playing in Seattle next year. Can you see Kraken? I mean, I want Mike DeWine. He's going to go, Seg, you said it off there, or Matt said it. He's going to say, to hell with it, shut her down. Or he's going to say, you know, I had it, it was no big deal. Right. Which will it be? I think it's going to be the latter versus the former. Let's get tested. Because if it's the former, the mortals must pay. My child is ready. Okay. Release the Kraken. Mm. Then we got problems. Segman, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Your calls are next, 513-749-7000. Your reaction to the governor getting COVID-19 and more at your home of the uh, Reds, who either can hit, can score, can't pitch. On News Radio 700, WLW. Billy Cunningham, let's continue. We never stop. Uh, stop. We simply continue. And if I had to pick one notable public figure not to contract COVID-19, it would have been Governor Mike DeWine, who is, may I say, a bit boring, but I love politicians that are boring because they simply get the job done. He works. There were, when he formed his administration, there were some buddies of mine that wanted to join one way or another or get some appointment. And he made clear to his uh, staff and to others I'll be at work every day at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to be here till 5 o'clock at night, and I'm taking work home with me. So if you're not willing to work those schedules with results, don't bother. This guy is the real deal when it comes to keeping promises and keeping his word. And so the only way he would have issued these orders in the state is if he himself had followed them. 
So I am fairly certain for many months he's worn a mask. He's maintained social distancing, doesn't touch his face, things like that. Uses hand sanitizers. Those are the keys to everything in life if you don't want to catch a disease. may not be a lot of fun, but nonetheless, it's, it's what to do. And so this is a – I spoke to him yesterday afternoon about uh, 2 p.m. He's going to meet the president. He came in about an hour ago. Looking forward to that. Going to have to reschedule the 2 o'clock news conference on Thursday. Going to make it Friday. He was upbeat and positive. I didn't ask him, have you taken a test recently? I haven't done that. And um, he took a test yesterday after our, after our telephone call and uh, showed up uh, infected. And I'm sure he's as shocked by this as anyone else is, which means almost anybody can get it. Where he got it from, I don't know. One of his cabinet officials, woman heading the prisons and rehabilitation, about three weeks ago, she contracted it. He's the second governor to get it after Oklahoma Governor Ken Stitt spent about a month contracted COVID-19. Normally, governors and politicians meet all kinds of people all the time. And you can be right 99% of the time and wrong just once, and that's the time you contracted. And so at this point, uh, the governor is on his way back to Cedarville, Ohio, in uh, Greene County. He's going to follow the 14-day quarantine. And, of course, his wife, Fran, they're very close. There's, uh, when I see those two together, it reminds me of Reagan, of, of Nancy and Ronald Reagan, because they just adore each other. Been married, I think, about, I don't know, 50 years. And the First Lady, Fran DeWine, has no symptoms, but... Uh, she had not been tested as of the press release three or four hours ago. She will be tested. Now, Matt Steinman points out that many times there is a false positive test, which happened with Reds baseball player Davidson. It happened with the quarterback Stafford of uh, the Detroit Lions. It happens all the time. There's thousands of false positives. And I would anticipate sometime soon, Mike DeWine's going to be tested again and then again to confirm the diagnosis. And I would have to assume that when you meet the president, and I've had the honor of meeting three or four, especially recently, things have changed, that you're swabbed down, that kind of stuff. And to meet the president today, you have to have specifically a COVID-19 test. And that's how Mike DeWine turned up infected. How he got infected, and now, now contact tracing is going to take place. Who's been with him? Where did he go? I imagine his days are packed from beginning to end. And uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, on Friday tomorrow, I would assume John Eusted, the, 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 uh, the vice president of Ohio, the lieutenant governor, will be doing the newser to bring us up to date on what's going on. I'm, re- I'm reluctant to call him on your behalf today or tomorrow. Uh, I'll call him Monday or Tuesday. I'll text him first to see if he wants to come back on and talk about what's going. And I think the first four to ten days ought to be touch and go. Uh, because one can test positive uh, and then get the second test and it's negative, and then you get a third test and it's negative. Or on the other hand, you, you can test negative and then you can contract it uh, tomorrow, in which case you think you're negative, but in fact you're positive, and you pay your money and take your chances. This has not changed whatsoever. My viewpoint on COVID-19 is something that we have to, have to live with, like, like anything else, like chicken pox. And later on in life, you have to have booster shots so you don't have shingles. And shingles in your 60s and 70s is a terrible thing, and it began with chicken pox. So I uh, want to get your reaction. 749-7000. Lastly, before I go back to the calls, that uh, headline in the Columbus Dispatch today, 
at 11.17 a.m. 11.17 a.m. Ohio COVID-19 outbreaks linked to at least 50 bars and restaurants, 11 daycare centers. So you read the story, and, you know, I've had on the lawyers, Randy Freaking and many others. The lawyers are wanting to sue somebody, of course, to, uh, to make money out of the deal. But uh, nonetheless, the, uh, the causation is a factor. In other words, if you have to prove that your conditions are caused by someone else's negligence to the exclusion of other people, it's very difficult to prove where you got COVID-19. Now, if it's a sexually transmitted disease, you can say, well, that's the guy right there. Only person I had sex with was him. He gave it to me. There he is. Uh, That's one thing. But when the evidence is such that at times the virus fragments can float in the air or be on a surface for a while, normally it's droplets and things of that character, it's more difficult to say. So when I read this story in the Columbus Dispatch, and I I texted and spoke with Brittany uh, Ruby, uh, who runs uh, all the Jeff Ruby stuff recently, and it's very difficult to say, okay, you got it from a bar or a restaurant or daycare. So when I read this headline, I said, did they do a lot of contact tracing? And how do you prove where someone has it? The headline says, COVID-19 outbreaks linked to at least 50 bars and restaurants. I said, wow, how'd they discover that? Then I read the story. The outbreak information provided by the state of Ohio is based on anecdotal contact tracing data from local health departments. So uh, what the story says is that persons told the local health department, I think I got it at uh, XYZ Bar in Oakley, or I got it from Mainstrasse Village in Covington. But in reality, you don't know. You don't know. I I was in the incline restaurant uh, last night having a hamburger in Price Hill, and there were six-foot separations. All the employees had on masks. There were sanitation stations everywhere. When you got up, you put a mask on. I felt as safe as in my mother's arms. Now, if for some odd reason the great American would contract COVID-19 uh, tomorrow or Saturday, well, I could say, well, I, I had a hamburger at the Incline restaurant. And would that, that would be reported as a restaurant cause, which is not true. Not true. So I don't know. And lastly, before I go back to the calls, we have John and JT and Bill and uh, many others. Uh, Assuming the president uh, successfully completes his trip uh, in Ohio today, he's going to go to Clyde, Ohio, which is northern Ohio. The president noted that the governor, Mike DeWine, is is positive for uh, COVID-19. Assuming another five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days go by. And the 74-year-old governor of Ohio has no symptoms and is asymptomatic. And he's in the category of those who might have difficulties, of course, over the age of 70. And to my knowledge, Mike DeWine and Fran have no underlying conditions. Would that indicate that many of the things said by thousands over the years, that this is not the black death of the bubonic plague would be accurate? On the other hand, he might say, I have followed all the protocols. But one time I slipped up somewhere and met somebody. And therefore, what? The government ought to warn you and I as to what the dangers of activity might be. The government secures my freedom and my liberty. And I look after my health by doing or not doing things that may cause me difficulties. It's a free choice. I don't want government, as been noted earlier in today's show, 
setting up roadblocks. Or I have a text here from, uh, I don't know if she wants her name used, so I won't do it. Her, her first name is Jennifer, but I won't give out any more information than that. She sent me a text saying the following. Then I got to go. We have everyone on hold. I'll get to you here in a moment. Uh, according to uh, this text, Ohio State University, the, uh, the uh, provost is uh, putting forth mandatory testing for Ohio State students. This is part of the university's multi-pronged strategy to mitigate and monitor the spread of COVID-19. A surveillance testing program means that random samples of students will be selected and tested for COVID-19 at Ohio State, regardless of whether they have a known exposure or are showing symptoms. This allow, allows us to make inferences about the levels of spread in the student population. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At Ohio State. So what they're going to do is have beginning August 6th, which is today, August 6th, that's when the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima, which brought about the end of World War II, by the way. The university will test a randomly assigned sample of 300 students each weekday, 300 students every day, starting today, and 100 on Saturday who will be asked to take a COVID-19 diagnostic test at the Student Health Center on Millican Road in Columbus. If a student is selected, they will be notified via their university email with their assigned date and time, along with instructions for the next steps. The program is voluntary voluntary between August 5th and August 24th. And starting Tuesday, August the 25th, if you are selected to participate in a random sample, failure to respond during the required phase may result in a directive to quarantine until testing can be completed, loss of access to non-residential spaces, and a report to student conduct. There will be no direct cost to the student participating. So for the next two and a half, three weeks, it's voluntary. But then when school starts on the 25th, you must participate in a random test to determine if you're positive or negative. And if you fail to voluntarily submit yourself, you're subject to uh, sequestering, quarantine, and also discipline. That, that is right there. That, that is the nanny state. That is communism. That is socialism at its worst. That you will participate whether you want to or not. Well, let's get to the calls. It's packed and stacked, and we want to get your reaction to what's going on. We have uh, Bill on a cell phone, JT, John, and uh, Louis, and many others. Bill on a cell phone, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Bill, how are you? Hi, how you doing, Mr. Cunningham? Good, good. Uh, just, uh, I hope, uh, hope the best for uh, Mike DeWine. You know Mike DeWine fairly well, correct? I think so. I mean, we don't, uh, we, we've had dinner a few times. We talk on the phone a lot, but uh, I consider him a friend, yes. Uh, you're pretty much a straight shooter. I believe so. Okay. Well, uh, I've, I've had a different uh, view of Mr. DeWine, but out of respect to him, I won't go into the details right now. I just uh, hope the best for him. I think he's done what he thought was best. Uh, and I know you haven't agreed with him and, and everything he's done, but I'm, I'm sure what he's done, he's done what he thought was best for the citizens of the state of Ohio, and yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, but so, one thing to say about Mike, he's not corrupt. He's a hard worker. He's a small-town guy that has performed magnificently in the sphere of politics, 
to such an extent no one in the history of the state of Ohio has had as many multifaceted positions as he's had. One might talk about all the presidents from here, and there's been eight. And, of course, Sam and Chase was another one and Taft and all the other. But as far as holding numerous offices and being regularly elected to different positions, Mike DeWine is number one. Well, if you want to talk about electability, that's fine. But if you want to talk about uh, what condition he might have left some of those offices in when he left, that would be a different situation, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I, mean, I feel like I'm being cross-examined. Just because you're electable, just because you're electable, and you can get into different uh, positions, doesn't necessarily mean that you know the one you left, you were, you know, did a great job, but, and it's just you get elected. But you know, Mike, I voted for him every time he's run because I consider him to be honest, and he's also a pro-life kind of a guy, and he's not real exciting, but he gets the job done. Uh, what impressed me is when. A few of my buddies wanted to work for him, and he laid down the law in the beginning and said, look, if you come to work for me, 7 o'clock in the morning you're here, and you're here until 5, and take work home. Now, that, that kind of, I like work ethic, I like consistency, and I like honesty, and Mike DeWine has that. Well, I have a question. You were against him uh, wholeheartedly about uh, shutting down the bars and restaurants again, especially with this uh, uh, thing about 10 o'clock. I don't yeah, understand it's that. It's fair either, to say I did, not under, I did not understand but, how but that resulted you, in a positive, positive I didn't, thing. I didn't, I didn't hear you say anything about that was what was suggested by the federal task force, and that came from the federal government. I didn't hear you say anything about you know, uh, demeaning the federal government for passing that onto the state of Ohio. I heard you say something about, well, I don't agree with this, but you didn't say anything about the federal government. It came from their task force. It came from Azar, and it came from Dr. Burks. So well, no, 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 I'm not. Bill, Bill, in all fairness, what I said is Dr. Deborah Burks went to Michigan, Ohio, Tennessee, and Kentucky and met with each of the governors, and it was her recommendation. Dr. Deborah Burks said it's her recommendation to shut down the bars and the restaurants, and I disagree with that. Well, excuse, excuse me, but the thing is, is that uh, 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 Azar was on Scott Flintstone's show before she said that, right. before she told the state of Ohio, and he said that. Okay, so uh, you're saying she said that, it's fine. But again, well, they all said that, except, okay, except but, Trump. But again, when something good happens from the federal government, uh, the, the administration takes credit for it. Okay, if, you, if they do something you don't agree with, you should also call them on that, too. Okay, it's not a one-way street. Okay, everything's good, it's fine, everything's bad, we'll put it on somebody else. We'll put it on Fauci, we'll put it on Burst, we'll put it on somebody else. So if you want to take the good, it's fine, but you also have to take the bad. Okay, be I agree. Consistent. You say you like to be consistent. Okay. That's I feel like I'm being cross-examined by you, Bill. You kind of set like, me up, then you chop me down. I kind of feel I could, like uh, being a little Bill, inconsistent. I, I'm saying this. I have my viewpoints. You have your viewpoints. And DeWine has his viewpoints. But our viewpoints don't count too much. What matters is the policies enacted. And I think freedom, liberty, and opportunity trumps safety. But the argument is used, let's keep our kids safe. And children are not generally at risk. I got a problem with that. I disagree with a lot of what Trump has said and what Burks has said and Azar has said and Fauci has said. And I have my opinion. I mean, all I do is talk and I try to change public opinion. And if I succeed, so be it. If I don't, so be it. And you're out of here because you're disrespectful. John on the cell phone, go ahead. Good afternoon, Willie. How yes. are you? Great day to be an American. Go ahead. Very good. How are you? I'm fine. Good, Willie. You know, you just said uh, uh, Mike DeWine was uh, pro-life. I find that very interesting, Willie, and I'll tell you why. Because if he's so pro-life, he wouldn't have chosen Dr. Amy Bear, who was the number one proponent in abortion, who created more abortions than any other doctor in the history of Ohio. 
You know, John, you know, I asked him, I asked him that question. You 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 may not have been listening when I asked him that question. And uh, Mike DeWine has been more consistently pro-life than any politician Uh I know. However, Uh he appointed Dr. Uh Amy Acton out of Texas, who, shall we say, has not been uh, pro-life at all. In fact, just the opposite. And he said she's agreed to enact the policies that I put forth, and I'll keep an eye on her relative to abortion, Uh but I did not hire her on a basis of abortion, but based upon her knowledge of infectious diseases. And I did not have much respect for Dr. Amy Acton at all, and that's not going to change one bit. I'm not saying the man is perfect. I'm saying he's good. Right. No, it's far from perfect, and it's not good. There's plenty of other candidates that could have fulfilled that role, and you know it. And you know what, Willie, when I was younger, I used to listen to you when I was a liberal, but you were part of the reason why. I'm conservative, but I long left you, Willie. You are not a great American, my friend. You talk with the fourth tongue, and I catch you every day. That guy wasn't disrespectful to you at all. He was just calling you out on the double phrases that you do every day to keep your radio. We are under a tyranny, my friend. If you were a great American, you would Stand up against this tyranny, and you would not see any good in what this governor. I'm a professional musician, and he has destroyed, and I mean obliterated, our profession. Just wiped it out for no good reason whatsoever. You don't hear him talking about uh, uh, the the virus is coming out of Target or the virus is coming out of a Walmart or any of that, right? It's just the mom and pop places. It's just like the blue-ass tavern that's been shut down. It's just like Zola's and Green Hills that got set. And I could go on and on and on with the list of the individual business owners. But yet you say he's a good guy. Well, Willie, you know what? you got to make a paycheck. But believe you me, there's more people paying attention to what you say than you think. You think about that and you have a good day, sir. 700 WLW. I guess it's fair to say that not all my listeners and callers agree with me. Is that fair to say? Matt says that's not true. But I think it is. And all I try to do is to be your advocate. My central role here is, of course, ratings and revenues. But secondarily is to voice the concerns and give you access to things you otherwise would not have, which is unique. When you watch television, you have a 90-second package and it's over. When the Inquirer prints something you may disagree with, you don't have the ability right then to jump onto the story and say you're wrong. But in talk radio, if you disagree with what, what I have to say or what a guest has to say or someone is somewhat duplicitous, you certainly have the ability to call in and say, okay, uh, here I am. Uh, I'm Kenny. I'm Bart. I'm Jim. I'm Jennifer. I'm JT. I'm Carl. This is what I think. And you have equal access to the same listeners that I have access to and do say what you may about me. I want viewpoints to be heard. Now, many in this business would have cut off my last two callers immediately because they said things. They were somewhat, shall I say, not quite complimentary to me. Fork tongue. I'm a snake. I'm a fork tongue artist, but that's fine. Say what you want to say. Words are cheap. Deeds are precious. And so if you disagree, that's fine. Call in. We'll go from there. Let's go to, we had Kenny on hold before, but he was driving through town. I guess he's in a bad cell right now, Kenny of Norwood. He may call back later. Plus, we're going to put a call in to Larry Stone, who spent uh, years at Rumpke's 
and also had contracted the COVID-19 virus. And uh, it's as if, okay, you have something. We all have something. No matter what you got in life, you everyone has something. If you don't have something, ultimately you're going to get something. And so no one gets out of here alive. And so at some point you try to extend life, quality of life, as long as possible, to stay as healthy as you can, to live your life the way you want to live it, knowing you have to remember yesterday, live today, but plan for a better tomorrow. So when I compliment Mike DeWine, I get criticized. And when I criticize Mike DeWine, I get criticized. Of all the politicians I've known, there's no one I think I would trust more honestly than Mike DeWine. Now, exciting? No, he doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't use drugs. doesn't party much at all. He's a quiet guy who goes to work, campaigns assiduously across 88 counties, and says, this is who I am. And that's Mike DeWine. Oh, let's continue. That's Kenny. He's back in, back in range. Kenny of Norwood, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Kenny, how are you? Hell, brother, I'm fine. How you doing? What are you, what, what are you hauling today? I, I don't know what the hell's back there. I've been sitting in this truck stop since I saw Trump on TV talking about the Yosemites. And I've had this Bible out. I've been through the Old Testament, the New Testament, and I can't find one Yosemite in there. Have you looked at You ought to Google it and find out what the hell, because he said Yosemite. I think they're a clan somewhere in northern Jordan. I, I tell you, I've been looking through this Bible, and I thought, who can I call? I should call the commander. Well, you a might. fair, just, loyal, hell, brother, that's why I'm calling you. So you don't think I have a forked tongue? I speak with a forked tongue. Hell, I don't know you, brother. I'll tell you what. When a rubber meets a road, the commander's there. He's got your back. And your front sometimes. Well, I tell you, I'm not, I don't want you on the front, but, I, you know, you're a good Catholic boy. Stay behind me. Stay behind me, brother. All I'm saying is every now and then I make a mistake and I'm called on it. But, Kenny, I will trust being with middle-class, hardworking Americans from the Gem of the Highlands, from Loveland to Ludlow, I would say from Lawrenceburg to Claremont County, from Ashtabula to uh, Covington. I'll put my record against anyone for normally being right. Every now and then I'm wrong. But don't you like boring politicians who keep their promises and simply go to work? Don't you like politicians that work hard, work smart, and defend the American way of life? Hell yeah. Then you know what, Commander? That's why I didn't understand why you had Householder on there all the time. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Well, let me tell you what. There's a picture floating around about four months ago. Of me, Larry Householder, and Tamaya Denard. They destroyed it. Were you representing them? Hell no. No, no, no. Now, no, now no, I'll, no, tell, no. I'll tell you one thing. No, 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 no. You, no. you, got, you got a hand at the Householder, though. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Tamaya Denard gets 15 grand. She walks out of that courthouse. There's torn up jeans and everything else. Look like she slept in them for three weeks. And you look at, you look at old householder, buddy. He looked like he came out of a band box, but he got $61 million. 
He should own the Bang Box Company. If you're going to sell out, don't sell out for fifteen grand. Make it sixty-one million. Go all the way. Hell yeah! If you're going, if you're going to jail, brother, go for something. Fifteen grand and ripped jeans not good enough, is it? Hell no, brother. You want that three-piece suit, the gold chains are dangling, the ten-dollar cigar? You want it all, just like Householder did. The only problem there, he took it all out of our pockets. That's that's the only issue right there. Allegedly, and this is allegedly, Kenny, a man's innocent till proven guilty. Allegedly, he did those dastardly things. But if so, he sold out for a high price. I'll tell you, when you smell a skunk, do you always see him? Sometimes I can smell things. I don't see nothing. That's right, brother. I could smell a skunk with a householder. Let me ask you this, Kenny. When you're up and down the super highways to Ho Chi Minh trails from uh, 75 from Michigan through Naples and you're hauling stuff around, if you had to pick out a place to stay in the trucking world, uh, you know, I, I love the waffle houses. I love them all over the place. But are there any special places in the tri-state you would like to maybe have a nice breakfast or a dinner or and Norwood Cafe's out of business. I think Xavier took it over, but Norwood Cafe's where you and I first met, and I love going there and speaking to those GM workers that needed leadership. But is there something? I'll, I'll tell you what. When I want a cold beer, I park my truck down at the bottom of Mount Adams, and I go up there to Crowley's Highland House, and they got this beer called Schmittick's. What's, it's what's a little expensive, Schmittics. but it's a good, good beer. Is it a heavy light? Is it a lager? Is it a dark? What, what's it called? Schmittic? What? What's it called? Schmittics. Schmittics, brother. Schmittics. Hell yeah. Schmittics. You want a good cold glass of beer, you go to Crowley's Highland House. Well, how, Mount Adams, Ohio. How do you park down... By the castle, I can't see you walking up that hill to Crowley's. I don't see that. Uh, I, I am my woman follow me, and she drives me up there. Kenny's woman. I like to meet her at some point. I bet she's a darling lady. Yeah, she's nice and thin. I got rid of all them roly polies. You got rid of the fat ones. Got the skinny ones now. Hell yeah, brother. All right, Kenny. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell, I don't have to buy flour anymore. No flour. All right, Kenny. Well, thanks for calling. And it's all, next time you go, come through town, well, maybe Larry Householder's case will be resolved by then. You could weigh in on that one. You're the man, Commander. Thank you, Kenny. I know you always defend me. Thank you very much. Larry Stone, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Larry, many years at Rumpke. I understand you had COVID-19. Tell us what's going on. Willie, it was kind of a shock because, uh, you know, I had been wearing the mask and doing all the things I thought I was supposed to do. And uh, one morning I woke up uh, on the 28th, and I felt a little congested and uh, just didn't feel exactly right. I thought, what the hell, I'm going to get tested. So uh, 100%, I thought, you know, it's just going through the motions. But I was tested on Tuesday, and on Thursday, I was told that I was positive. Now, that was a shocker, Willie, because I didn't feel like I had any symptoms other than some head congestion. Now, as I progressed forward in day seven and eight, I felt really, really fatigued. Now, I'm not saying that I sat in bed, um, 
I actually sat on my back porch in southern Indiana, and I watched the birds and everything else, so I didn't feel all that bad. Now, I've taken some advice from a good friend of ours, Paul Jansen. Oh, yeah. Paul has got yeah. me taking vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc. That's it. He, and uh, my mother-in-law. Right. Paul Jansen dropped but, off some zinc. I, I take uh, 15 millimeters of zinc, and I take C and D plus a multivitamin, and there's no guarantees in life. But, Larry, tell the American people about how old are you. Give us a little bit of rundown because not everybody knows Larry Stone. Okay, Willie, I'm 68 years old. Uh, Sunday I'll be 69. Uh, I have type 2 diabetic, uh, and, and I take uh, metformin. And, you know, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not in a wheelchair or anything else that, you know, I, when I thought of people 68 years old, I thought, oh, my God, you're going to be in a cane in a wheelchair. But I know the you know, feeling. I'm pretty active. And, I, and, and, you know, I have a personal goal. Personally, this is going to sound stupid. I have a personal goal to be on the back of a garbage truck throwing garbage at age 70. Now, well, I don't see well, this being in the way today well, because well, well, I, from a symptomatic standpoint, I, I, I have had very little symptoms. The only reason I went was precaution because I really didn't feel like I had it. Now, the whole issue of uh, Mike DeWine, I think it's crazy. I, I know Mike. Uh, you know, for years ago when I was the president of Business Association, I interacted with Mike on a, on a host of different projects. We would never find a more dedicated politician. But to your earlier point with the two idiots that talked to you like, like you were a piece of crap, it just infuriated me because they obviously don't know you either. I stood shoulder to shoulder you with the police officer that was killed in Warren County to help raise money for his family. They don't have a freaking clue who Willie Cunningham is. Now, are you perfect, I perfect, Trump perfect? No, absolutely not. We're human beings trying to do the best we can for the community. And it just appalls me that they have the audacity to kind of rape you the way they did over the radio. Who in the hell do they think they are in, in that context when they don't even know you? The COVID thing is real, and, and we're going to get through this like everybody says. But the bottom line is, like I said, I'm 68, almost 69. I have type 2 diabetic, and all you got to do is, is be smart about it as much as you can because the other things are out of your control. When Paul Jansen told me to start hitting those vitamins, I did it. I didn't question it because I have utmost respect for Paul, and, and I, I really believe that that's kind of helping turn the curve. So do I, and uh, I, I met with him, Paul, and I met with others. I talked to Dr. Dean Kariakis. I spoke to other doctors and they, uh, and I won't mention names other than they told me that a little bit of zinc, a little bit of C, a little bit of D, a little bit of multivitamin, watch what you eat, wear a mask as appropriate, stay out of congregate settings, and that's what I do. And, and, and whatever happens, happens in life. You pay your money and take your chances. That, that's all you do. And whatever happens, happens. And the attacks on me are minimal compared to the issues others deal with. I like Mike DeWine. I've always liked him. Uh, The most impressive thing about him is that he keeps his word. He's indefatigable. He works hard. And when you say something nice about a politician, the other side's going to get all pissed off at you, no matter what it is. And and, and I, I am what I am. That's all that I am. 
and I want to have a listening post for many people to call. I'm about to celebrate my 37th year on radio in about three weeks. I hope to serve two or three more years. And I have more respect for Rumpke drivers. When I watch my garbage man, maybe that's not a politically correct term, but I watch him get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. He comes to our house down, down the road I'm on, and he works when it's raining, when it's cold, when it's snowy, when it's 105 degrees. This one man operates a Rumpke truck. I'm as kind to him as I can be because he works hard. And I'd rather spend my time complimenting people for the good things they do instead of criticizing the few things that go wrong in life. And I will never perm- permit the evil and darkness in the world to keep my good eyes from people like you. And all I can say is live your life the way you want to live it. I'm, some of us want to criticize. I've, I've gotten a couple calls. I didn't put them on. They, they want to rake Mike DeWine over the coals for being a hypocrite. And, and, I, and I talked to him off. This one guy talked to him off there. Mike DeWine's a hypocrite. And I said, well, tell me why you're saying that. He said he's telling us to wear a mask, telling us to wash our hands all the time, telling us six foot apart. Now, he's got it as if he's done something wrong. Now, you can give yourself something, maybe a VD or something like that. But if you have diabetes or heart disease or you catch COVID-19, it is not your fault. You play by the rules. There's no guarantees in life. And if you, if I accept the deficiencies in your life, maybe you'll accept the ones in mine. You know, Willie, one of the interesting things I forgot to tell you, when the state of Indiana called me to do contract tracing, uh, they were only concerned about the two days prior that I showed any symptoms whatsoever. So even though my symptoms were minimal, they were only concerned about the two days prior, which kind of leads me to believe that the whole thing that we've been told about 14 to 10 days, here's one thing that's a question. Okay, Willie, on the 28th, I tested positive. How many days prior was I positive? Nobody knows. Don't know. So, uh, four so to ten. Four to ten. Truly, yeah, if my cycle is truly 14 days, then my cycle should be over, and I was tested today. I won't get the results back until Saturday, but, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it winds out that way. My mother-in-law early on told me to start taking zinc, and, and you know, she's 70, 78 years old. And she's been taking zinc for a while. So, uh, smart lady. Sure. And I didn't know anything about zinc. Yeah, Larry, give my best to her. Thank you for calling in. I need no defense. My words are sufficient, but it's always good to have individuals that I have known actually defend me in a sense. But I need no defense. I, I take those criticisms with a grain of salt. Larry Stone, may you and yours continue to have a successful and a good life. You are a great American. God bless you, and God bless Rumpkes. Let's continue with more. I think Eddie and and uh, the Rock are up next, assuming they tested negative. But I've never been. Matt, have you been tested? He says no. I would not be tested unless I had some sort of symptoms. Then I'll happily do it. But uh, in life, you do what you can, help as many people as others, maybe leave the world better off than the world given to you. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. Mike DeWine is infected with COVID-19. It's not his fault. Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.